Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, George Romero Month. Yay! Yay! This What's is up? the 1985 edition. So this is the year third. year that saw two zombie films come out by the people that created the original Night of the Living Dead. Okay. So, uh... On one end of the spectrum, like the fun comedy side of horror, mm-hmm. John Russo, who had helped write uh, Night of the Living Dead, created, along with Dan O'Bannon, Return of the Living Dead. And then, while that was happening, Romero was in his zombie groove with this, our movie of the day. And what is this one called? Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Okay. Day of the Dead. Released July 19th, 1985. Let's see. I was not quite three yet. I was five. I was five. A month and a couple weeks away from being three. Okay. Uh, What's going on in the world? Reagan was president. So, in 1985... Here in America... Here is a running list of some major events of that year. Reagan was sworn into his second term. Okay. Uh, we Are the World is released. We are. Oh, I love... That was a really big deal when yeah. you were a kid. The FDA approves a blood test for AIDS. People Within the Sound of My Voice, 1985, which is after I was born. South Africa ends its ban on interracial marriages. 1985. 1985. Trevor Noah is my age, so he was illegal for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> New Coke debuts mm. and fails. I was going to say, I don't think that made it very long, uh, did it? Philadelphia Mayor Wilson Good orders the police to storm oh. Move's Move. headquarters. Move was a uh, black was a liberation cult. group, mm. and yeah. it, 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 oh, there's what the, what the government did to them was really wrong for sure. But they were they definitely had a lot more cult like tendencies than people realize. Fair. Like it, it wasn't like they were the Black Panthers or something. They were, they definitely were fanatical, and um, they never disposed of anything. So they were uh, like, I forget the term for it, but they had like a primitive. Yeah. So it was, it was just a really bad situation that was handled really poorly. The police handled it by dropping a explosive <laughs> device it. into yeah. the headquarters. And it, it killed it 11 people, and it destroyed the homes of 61 residents of yes. Philadelphia. Blew it up. Um, that's a thing. The discovery of the ozone hole, the mm-hmm. ozone layer hole, is in 85. The Discovery Channel is for debuts on television. And at that point, did it have ancient aliens and made by aliens? And... That would be later. Okay. You know, and it became the trick old people into believing pseudoscience channel. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Back to the Future debuts that summer. That Live is a fun Aid. movie. Oh, that's a good... Okay. The Iran-Contra Affair takes place. If this is the year of Live Aid, this is the year I first discovered Queen. Yeah, this is the also the year of Iran-Contra. Do you know how that all shook yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah, we do. But Like buying and selling arms and then, to uh, free prisoners. Flash forward. To give Nicaraguan Contras money. Yeah. It was a, a year of some mistakes, it mm. sounds like. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, is captured in Los Angeles. He was a serial killer. Okay. Uh, the Titanic wreckage is found. 
Super Mario Brothers debuts do, on the do, Nintendo. Do, 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 the do, Nintendo do, debuts do, 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 in North America. How long had it been out? Well, that's a separate podcast. Never mind. <laughs> Windows 1.0 is released. Cool. Uh, Diane Fossey is murdered. Oh, uh, that was a big lifetime for a long time. Ricky Nelson dies in a plane crash. Oh, his twin sons were heartthrobs of mine. The people that were born that year. Kiara Knightley, Gal Gadot, Michael Phelps, Bruno Mars, and Raven Simone, to name a cool. few. Cool. People that died that year, Rock Hudson, cementing the whole AIDS, AIDS yeah. thing, Yul Brenner, and Orson Welles. The two words that I pulled that were really introduced in the lexicon that mm-hmm. year were microbrew, <laughs> and maybe you can tell me why this next word, Cindy. Okay. What was happening in 1985 mm-hmm. that would necessitate the creation of the phrase boy band? Oh, that's New Kids on the Block. They were the first one ever. <laughs> Joey Jordan, hold on. Joey Jordan, Donnie, Danny, and little Joe. Not to be mistaken with Fat Joe. No, there's Joey. Don- no, and Jordan. That was it. Joey, Jordan, Donnie, Danny. Jonathan? Did I say Jonathan yet? I don't fucking Jonathan know. Jonathan Brandis? No. <laughs> no, Jonathan Jonathan and Jordan were brothers. Can we rewrite history and pretend that was a thing? What? Jonathan <laughs> Brandis was a new Godzilla block. Uh, you heard weird. it here first. And last. <laughs> Jonathan Brandis was a member of New Kids on the Block. Who is in this movie, dear? Uh, <laughs> this movie is written and directed uh, by George A. Romero. Uh, the man of the hour, the man okay. of the power, the man who gives us the all man these of zombie the masterpieces, and the man who uses zombies to highlight what's wrong with America. Yeah. Uh, it stars Lori Cardill. Who's that? Who was a stage actress who's the daughter of Bill Cardill, who is the newscaster in Night of the Living Dead, who hosts okay. the show. Yes. Chili Billy. Chili Billy. It's, it's, it's his, his daughter. daughter. Fun. Right? It also stars Terry Alexander as John. Joseph Pilato is Rhodes, who is, I don't want to say the most fun character in this movie. But, but is he your favorite character? The bad guy. Okay. Uh, Jarloth Conway, or Jarloth, Jarloth Conroy as McDermott. Anthony DeLeo Jr. as Miguel. Sherman Howard plays Bub. We got Gary Clark as Steele. Mm-hmm. John Amplis plays Ted, uh, plays Ted Fisher, who was in Martin and Creepshow, previous non-zombie films for oh, Romero. Okay. Uh, also, Greg Nicotero plays Johnson. And it's such a super small part, but it's so much fun to see him because Greg Nicotero is like an effects god. Um, he worked on a lot of stuff. He is a big time person in The Walking Dead. I'm sure Universe. people like, are into The Walking Dead and love Greg Nicotero and his work. He's directed a lot of episodes. He's basically in charge of running the Creepshow TV show that's on right now. Okay. So he's, he's done a still lot a big of deal. work. Um, the effects in this movie were done by Tom Savini with Nicotero assisting him. So my guess is they got Nicotero the job in the movie. Okay. To help pay for him to basically learn on the job. To, oh, to, to learn that style. and Savini. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that That's just me guessing. Okay. And a couple trivia bits for you about this movie. So this is of the original Dead trilogy that runs from night 
through dawn into day. Okay. This is the lowest grossing of those films. And oh, okay, uh, so was, yeah. this was like a bomb. It wasn't really a bomb, but it definitely is the lowest grossing, and they it was not the startling hit that night was and the runaway sensation that Don was. Oh. So Romero has claimed that this is his favorite of his zombie movies. This one. And it's the one that everybody else hated. I'm not gonna lie, like this is the one that every time I watch it grows in my estimation. Like when I was a kid, Night was okay and I really liked Dawn and I get older and I'm like, fuck Night's like a masterpiece. But now for this day and age Day of the Dead may be the most appropriate to our current okay. world in, in some way. In some ways. Um, he was given a budget of $7 million if he would make the film R-rated. <laughs> he was like, and he didn't. No, That's some I kind of want to just do my thing and make the movie I want to make and just do the gore I want to do. Yeah. And, they were, and the financiers were like, Okay, you can do that. But but it will be for three and a half million instead. Oh. And Romero was like, Okay. So oh, he did okay. it for, he did it for that. three and a half. This movie is not rated. It is also okay. not as long as Dawn. It's more in the realm of night. It's an hour and thirty six minutes long. Okay. So well, it's breezy. It goes by way faster than Dawn does. Okay. I like this movie. You're ex- you're excited. You've liked everyone this week, though. Well, everyone this month is going to be... I just think these movies are masterpieces. Okay. I, the only complaint I've had about any of these movies is the posters. Okay, well, let's see. So this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the film, and I try to tell you what it's going to be about. I was way wrong on the last one. I was, okay, I did all right on the first one a little bit. Are you ready for okay. the worst part of this movie? Look at that poster. Oh, okay. So it's just like it's a... It's like a science documentary poster. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's okay, so there's like a moon and then a dawn and then the sunrise. And now the darkest day of horror the world has ever known. Day of the dead. Okay. So I'm going to say that this is... If the first two took place at about the same time, I'm going to say this one's going to be... A little bit later, when, and it's going to be like the aftermath of either trying to kill this virus thing or them fully taking over the Earth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give you... Give me. ...a word of warning and say that I think that you'll like the politics of this movie a lot. I think this, like I said, I think this... I like the shopping center of the second one. Yeah, I think this movie of the... Three that we have watched so far, and okay. probably even of the four, because even when we get to Land of the Dead next week, I think this is the one that I can most point to um, representing our time in a lot of ways. Even though the end of Land of the Dead is very representative of our immediate time, okay. But <laughs> where Night of the Living Dead was super low budget and it was in black and white, and they're like, we put chocolate sauce oh, in yeah. the blood. And then Dawn of the Dead was like, hey, so... Super cool mall this is like glitz glamour. And like, yeah. it's, it's bleak, but it's fun. A lot and of there's like traps and the, a lot of merchandise. The blood's like super cartoon red and the zombies are like gray. Right? Well, blue. This yeah. movie, they were like, hey, here are 
hyper real zombies and hyper real gore. Cool. So this is of the three Great. so far, this is going to be the goriest. Great, because I super duper loved that in the first two. I love the okay. gore. I'm here for the gore. How exciting. Give me all the gore. Okay. All right, so we're watching this on special fancy Blu-ray edition, right? Screen Factory put out a Blu-ray, and I own it. But is it available on other platforms? Probably Shutter, things like that? Yeah, I don't know if it's on Shutter, but you can get it on, like, Amazon. Okay. Unlike uh, Dawn, that you can actually find this movie. Okay. All right. Well, let's go watch this then. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Mind the doors. First came the night, then came the dawn. Now comes the most eagerly awaited day in horror film history. George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. We've been punished by the creator. He visited a curse. Hello! Is anyone there? For the few remaining, their only hope of survival is to find a cure. You're wasting time trying to define what's happening. But the odds are against them. We're in the minority now. Something like 400,000 to one by my calculations. And so is Captain Rhodes. Anybody else have any questions about the way things are going to run around here from now on? Their one chance is Bub. It's working on instinct. A deep, dark, primordial instinct. But their time is running out. They can be fooled, don't you see? They can be tricked into being good little girls and boys. Same way we were tricked into it. I promise some reward to come. But when the tricks wouldn't work... They're learning. They're actually learning. Their world fell apart. Welcome back from watching Day of the Dead, the third in our Romero month of zombies. Because we've watched other stuff by Romero, I'm told. But I don't remember which ones. Hey, you. What you guys Night think? Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead? No, the other ones before that. Oh, Creepshow. We there watched Creepshow. Yeah. Hey, you. We just got back from watching Day of the Dead, even though you couldn't tell it was day because they were in a cave the entire time. But... This is definitely the most confined Mm -hmm. of the zombie films. Last week we talked about how in Dawn of the Dead, you said that was the turn. It was like there was about the same amount of zombies as there were humans. Mm -hmm. And for sure, at this point, there's a lot more zombies than there are humans. Uh, Actually, weirdly, I mean, we could jump ahead and talk about that for a second. Well, why don't we do this? Let's go. Let's. All right. Well, I was just going to say in this movie... um, the doctor. Uh, yeah. B- 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 what's his name? Well, here, let's see this. Let me try and recap the plot while you figure out the doctor's well, name. Oh, it's Dr. Logan. I was going to say, Dr. Logan says in this film, 
the ratio of undead to the living is 400,000 to 1. Right. And this film was made in, well, it came out in 1985. So in 1985, the U.S. population was a roughly 240 million people. Okay. Which would mean that there were about 600 living Americans. Wow. That's wild. So, math. Math. Okay. This movie is about what he just said. That's the ratio. Um, humans are now living underground in a series, like, scrapyards almost. And... Well, they describe it kind of as, as the shit was going down, the government set up pockets of mm-hmm. scientists with military guards. And that's how it started. And then... And this is one of them. This is one of them. And they're down to just the bare bones of staff. One doctor... One research assistant, or no, two research assistants, I guess. Well, you get, what, three scientists, Mm -hmm. a handful of soldiers, and then two civilians. Yeah, the two helicopter Uh, pilots. Well, the one's a helicopter pilot, um, and the other one, uh, McDermott, who is Charlotte Conroy, he's like a radio guy. Okay, so... It's another ragtag group of, of people, and they're living underground, and it's about... What what are the next steps? Do we try and cure this disease, or do we try? Do we still try to take over, or do we succumb? I guess. Anyway, that's my ramblings. What does IMDb say? Uh, IMDb says this movie is technically my and your ramblings. Yeah, it's a small group of military officers and scientists dwell in an underground bunker as the world above is overrun by zombies. Dun dun dun! I like mine better. I enjoyed this movie. I think. We still have one week to go, but I think this is in its place. This is third, like in its rankings in my in my heart at this point. Next week when we do which you know the order that we like them, yeah, this is third. It's third. It had an interesting plot. Um, I love me some RVs. I love me some Heathcliff the Cat style, uh, made out of junk. Paradise. I love that kind of stuff. Um, but it uh, didn't play. Didn't take place in a mall. I think this movie is definitely not my favorite Romero zombie film. Mm-hmm. However, out of the four, this is the one that most grew on my estimation. Okay. In the past couple years, uh, like, this one does not star Jason Manzoukas, but it sure does look like it. <laughs> Miguel. Yeah. So, uh, well, the, the actual star of this movie, I would say, if we had to pick one star, is Lori Cardill. Yes. Uh, who plays Sarah? It would. Yeah, for She's sure. The daughter of Chili Billy, but who else would be in contention of that? Contention of that Bub? No, I mean Bub is well. He's kind of my favorite zombie, but <laughs> I. W- so there's basically, I don't feel like I'm blowing the microphone out. Are you? There's uh, basically two versions, uh, two sides underground. Yeah. So there's, there's the scientists who are, quote, the good guys, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe Dr. Logan, who they call Frankenstein. And then there's the military, which are kind of the rough baddies in a way, or at least that's my interpretation of it. I think my interpretation. Oh, and then there's the middle, which is the two. Um, what is it, uh, McDermott and John, the helicopter pilot and the radio guy, who are like, we just want to survive. We don't give a fuck about what you're doing. We don't even believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just here because it's death out there. Yeah. 
Right, and and so, John yeah, the helicopter this, what pilot. What choice do I have? They're making the best of the situation. Yeah, John the helicopter pilot even says several times, like, "Why are we trying to bring back a society that was failing anyway? Like, yeah. why don't we go enjoy the little time we have left?" Which is what they're kind of doing in their little RV paradise. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think the two factions, in my estimation, it's more. This is more two separate stories of the way people react to this situation does that make sense like you have the logical side and so okay our choices are to die or you know to assimilate how can we do this as best we can the scientific side of okay let's study this this is something new we need to learn all about it we don't need to cure it we need to figure out what it is and you know the evolutionary with the next steps and da 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 and how that breaks down into madness and then you have the other side where who really depended on the system i.e. the military guys because their whole thing is you know no this is we're following orders and that's kind of the only thing that's that thread that's keeping them in line is that they're trying to follow orders even though they haven't heard from command in, in weeks and the thing with the military is if you look at them and then how they subsequently break down. All of the military is bearded, smoking pot, dicking off. They, I mean, they do their jobs, but... Yeah, the, but they're... The military itself and the old world society and the inflexibility is really represented in the film's bad guy, which is Captain Rhodes. Right, that's who, the leader. He's the only military guy who still shaves. Who still makes sure his uniform is freshly pressed. Right. He, he really who, depends on that structure. So when that... That's his whole life. Yeah. His order. And the, and the idea of that not being there anymore is what drives him crazy and ultimately leads to his demise as well. I'm just spitballing here, guys. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Because this movie is scientists and... Uh, scientists working to either find a cure, reverse zombies, or kill them... And Dr. Logan's working on training them or rendering them, like, incapacitated in some way. And while they're doing that, they're being protected by the military. But let's kind of talk about what this movie's really about for a second. Like... I think I'm a thing little about, closer. Am I a little closer? No, I think so. Than I usually the am. The thing about Romero okay. is all of his movies, especially the zombie films, have a subtext that is his critique of America and we again just have like a the man past of color weeks, as right? our hero just like the past two weeks it's been crazy how appropriate and apt it is for America in 2020 I think okay right so I think the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is how this movie is about how we're our own worst enemy this is the okay in Night of the Living Dead the zombies were clearly the bad guys yep it was us versus them and then in Dawn, oh, I see what half the movie, the zombies were the bad guys, and by the end, right? It was the it was other people. Right. In this movie, the zombies are really out there. They're yeah. They're they could inconsequential these, till the very end. That's such a good end. point. The the humans could very easily just keep that latch closed, and just be like, yeah, this is it, fuck it, and live out like the pilot and the. Radio guys said the civilians say, like, let's just enjoy what we've got left. We've got rations, we've got supplies, we've got a way to live down here. Like, let's just hang out and do what we, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
they're the and the zombies don't aren't the ones who end up killing everybody. It's well, the zombies. Well, I mean, they're contained. End up being the weapon, like Miguel opens right. and lets everyone in. Right. But it's the weapon. It's through the action. That's a good way to put right? it. So, I mean, this movie is really about how we tear ourselves apart instead of working together to ensure our own survival. Rome did not ever get attacked. It wasn't destroyed from the outside. Like, there's a breakdown in communication between these two factions, Mm -hmm. and it really leads to, like, two different ethos, right? Like, the scientists being like, we need to do this, and the military being like, we need to do that. And they're so positive and sure that they're right that it they're lead, literally they're to die for it. capable of dealing with an epidemic that is eliminating us from the planet. Right. Right. And that's exactly what's happening today. In we've exactly managed, those terms. In twenty twenty we've managed to politicize a pandemic. Yep. The same way Day of the Dead did with its zombies, where it's there are people out there that are like, this is not real or this is a ploy, or this is a power grab, and other people being like, you need to wear a mask because people are dying. And we are, to my knowledge, one of the few countries that is tearing itself apart over this, yep. rather than being on the same page and trying to move forward. Like, at the time of recording this, I'm, what is today's date? Today is uh, the 15th of July. All right, July 15th of 2020. We're not allowed to travel really anywhere in the world right now. Mm-mm. Like because no we're one not wants handling us. this. Because I mean, we can't go to Canada. We can't go to Mexico. We can't go to Europe. The closest, uh, the closest good thing that's happened recently is that our governor has rolled us back one step. We went from having fairs and you know I think it was crowds of a hundred things like that. He's rolled us back because we're starting to spike. Yeah, as we all knew we freaking would. Uh, to no crowds over 25 and then that closes certain restaurants that closes a lot of venues but I mean guys nobody's wearing a mask Uh, I I was at a gas station by the local hospital and I had my mask on and I'm waiting for my shake because that's what I do and I counted that first off the max capacity was 13 there were 27 people in there not including the staff uh, nobody enforcing that. Three guys came in and just pulled their shirts up over their nose. And then once they came through the door, just pulled it down and give a shit anymore. I was standing on my little six feet dot. People kept trying to get, oh, it was just, it was enraging. Like, <laughs> nobody was paying attention. People have a hard time. This is going to be so bad. Like, in our society, people have a hard time giving a shit about anything outside of themselves. Yeah, I yelled at some old ladies talking about that. They were trying to, to politicize COVID. And I was like, you know, people are dying. And you know what? Some people aren't even dying from COVID. Like, that's the scary thing that nobody's addressing. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's like the flu. You'll get better. You're absolutely right. Most of us will. And it's leaving people fucked up with holes in their lungs, with their hearts enlarged. There's now clots that are becoming a problem in people that have, you know, didn't have a blood problem before getting after getting corona now there's a blood they have blood clots um there's been a brain situation problem like this is a massive problem even if you do recover this is not something we want like this isn't okay i'll I'll get down but we'll talk more about that next week with land of the dead and capitalism (laughs) okay what that movie is about um so that's one part of what I think Day of the Dead is about. 
I think another one is... I think I got that right. I'm um, excited. The military standing in for the government and for a structured and orderly society, right? And the fact that we're, we're pitting the scientists against... Well, we're pitting the scientists and science uh, against the soldiers. Right. Right? In the same way that if you look at what is happening right now in our society, uh, again, from 1985 to now... Very apt. Our current administration has gone from being friendly and working with to kind of pulling back. And now they're openly attacking Dr. Fauci, who is the scientist who was leading the whole coronavirus response. And the same thing is happening in microcosm here in West Virginia. So we're basically (laughs) like in a war against facts, like the structure that we've put in place, the government, which in... Day of the Dead is represented by the military and by Rhodes, who's inflexible, mm-hmm. right? Who threatens to have um, Sarah, Lori Cardell's character, shot for not setting down is the same thing we're seeing now with someone being like, that's not what I want to hear. So find me someone who will tell me what I want to hear. Yep. Whether it's true or not. That's where we're at. There is a war on facts. The same way in this movie, it's two factions fighting over what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do we hear, at least three times, that uh, Captain Rhodes says, you know, fuck you guys, we'll just, we, we don't need you. You need us, we don't need you. We'll just leave. And Dr. Logan being like, where would you go? Right. But, go ahead. Where are your options, bud? Where are there not zombies? Yeah. Like, uh, and the fact that I it, see that for sure. The fact that most of this movie was shot in Pittsburgh, at in a, the Wampum Mine, which is an abandoned limestone mine, but it takes place in Florida. Mm-hmm. I find it very interesting and kind of funny because, because Florida is yes. swimming in uh, COVID nineteen cases right now. Yep, like it's out of control in Florida. Uh, yeah, in fact, they if we took Florida out of the United States statistically, Florida is number three in the world with cases. Behind, I think, Spain and the United States. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, another thing I want to talk to you about with this movie is it came out in 1985. So it's about the military industrial complex and how it works. But in 1985, this movie comes out and does not do great. It comes out against a bunch of other movies, including Return of the Living Dead, yep. which is a zombie film that's really fun and has not a lot to do with politics, which that ends up doing better than this but one of the big earners of that year of 85 was rambo first blood part two which is a movie that i love to say that's your favorite um but the thing i want to talk to you about that movie is in that film which is super popular it's in the middle of the reagan time right reagan's elected in 80 and goes to 88 Mm -hmm. beloved until about 86 we have a film, Rambo First Blood Part Two, that comes out. Yes. Where the it's one American soldier who's a fucking badass. <laughs> one American soldier. Who, you know, he doesn't give a fuck what the establishment says. Mm-hmm. He's going to free those soldiers. Mm-hmm. He's going to make it right. Because the American soldier is a god of war. Yes. And unstoppable. And at the same time in this movie... The soldiers are the same fucking way. evil. But, but they're unstoppable. They're... Oh, they're, stopped. they're stopped by the zombies. Yeah. Like, Rhodes is inflexible. 
He's the same setup as Rambo, mm-hmm. where you know he's he's a soldier through yeah, and through, through and right? through. But he is vile. Like he threatens to have people shot. He get, doesn't give a shit about due process. He declares like I'm in charge. You're not in charge. I'm fucking in charge. Yep. And in 1985, attacking the military and being like they're people too. We can't just give them carte blanche to do whatever they want. This hero-worshipping bullshit doesn't work. People were not wanting that. Yeah. Like, in 1985, we were all waving American flags, talking about how America's the greatest fucking place on the planet. And that's, to a certain segment of the population, they've not stopped doing that. They don't think critically about this country at all. It's all positives. Mm-hmm. So the idea that a movie would come out and would challenge, if you think about, especially the military, like you are thought, like I actually was on a phone call earlier that talked about this, Cindy, was after the Vietnam War, we lost the Vietnam War mm-hmm. because the American people stopped being behind it. Josh, we have to stop you right there. Officially in America, it's the Vietnam conflict. It was never officially declared a war. Well. Tell that, Just letting you know. Tell that to the soldiers that oh, out there. Oh, the soldiers, the families, the um, broken treaties. Yeah, for sure. But but I'm just thing, saying, like, that's that's America. My thing is this. The the American people started protesting and stopping behind the war, yep. right? And then they had to withdraw. And the government learned one thing from that, which is they needed to tie patriotism to a love and blinded, like, 100% supportive of the military no matter what. Yep. And if you do not back the military... Then you're wrong. You're anti-America. you hate our country. And to me, that's you a fallacy. Why? Oh, it's for sure a fallacy. But that's the, those, are, those are the groups of people who were born... We now call them boomers, right? They were born in the right after the war. And right after the war, we see the pumping of patriotism we have the change in if we're talking about the late 40s there's that's when we start doing in god we trust that's when we start doing we see the the confederate statues that are now finally being taken down that's when they start really going up is in the mid to late 40s right you have the pledge of allegiance has changed so now you have a group of people which is why the boomers are so out of touch who've literally been brainwashed so by the 1985 they're 45 they're in their 40s right and they're the ones who are leading things. And they're totally, that's why we had, that's why Reagan was put in. That's why we had that ex- extreme materialism boom, the the love of capitalism in the 80s. Like, that's, it's because it's they were t- completely brainwashed that way. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Man, and I think you also throw Russia into the mix. Oh, for sure, and they're always the bad guy. We wanted to be, to be American meant to be the exact opposite of right? Russia. So we're like, there, they have communism. So mm-hmm. what do we have? We have hyper capitalism. Yep. Where your wealth is determined by how much shit you own and how much money you have. I was really, really, really fortunate to not only uh, go to school with this teacher but also uh, her kids were friends of my sister uh the local school teacher did a teacher exchange program in russia um in the eight you know in late 80s i think we're talking maybe 89 88 89 um and 
it was a really big deal. And it was explained, the differences between America and Russia was where they were explained to me like this. And this came in so handy when, when having to deal with the after effects of September 11th. Uh, Mrs. Miller, Maureen Miller, she's passed on. But she, she said the biggest difference is this. You go to America and you want to buy toothpaste. You go to an aisle of tooth care and there are 70 different brands and types of toothpaste, right? And we have those choices. And the best care is the most expensive and the, you know, right? In Russia, it's what the government gives you. You're given toothpaste. Here it is. You don't have a choice. And she said that that's, that's the difference. And so when we're talking about the difference between, and, and so it's like, oh, the spin on that, like, oh, we get choices. We're in America. Oh, that's great. But there's also like, how angry do you think they are at us? Do you know what I mean? Like we take that for granted so much that, you know, we buy bottled water and, you know, even then like filter this. And meanwhile, in the exact same, you know, place just spin around the globe a little bit. They, there's no running water at all. They have to use. I mean, but, but Flint. Yeah, has, oh, Flint. They yeah, can't even use their water. It's poison. And, and so it used to be, you know, Russia versus America, and now more and more it's becoming America versus America. Like, like you just said with Flint. Yeah, like, I mean, it's we've gotten to a point now where, like, capitalism has painted us into a corner where the yeah. only reason or the only way you can justify. This hyper capitalism we've had for so long is to say, if you're rich, then you've done something special to earn it, mm-hmm. and if you're not, then you're being punished for not doing the right things or working hard enough. One of the reasons I think that uh, my 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 elderly, I can officially say, mother has been so cool about learning about these differences is that. Her family was well off from, a, you know, the old money. So does that make sense? So they never acted like they were wealthy. Like they, my grandparents were penny pinchers. That's how they got to be wealthy. You know what I mean? To keep that wealth. Nope. Uh, so she, she got to realize like, oh, those people of color, they weren't our friends. They were our servants. Oh, I had certain things open to me when people at the exact same time weren't. You know, that, that does that make sense? Whereas in America, if you're not a successful person, if you haven't built yourself up, if you haven't lived the American dream, you've failed. And it's on you. It's on you. Like, the American dream didn't fail you. You failed the you American dream. You failed it. And that's really hard to say yeah. when you realize how many opportunities there are out there. Oh, yeah. But um, the last two things I kind of want to talk about when we talk about I think what this movie's about, um, and I want to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. So I think the first one is uh, this movie is about how do we face the end, right? Like, do we as a society and do we as individuals do we collect and we try to rebuild what was before, or do we say fuck it and nah, give up? We, you know what? <laughs> Let's just enjoy the time we have. We're losing. Or why don't we have something completely new? Because I mean, was it John's character? The Terry Alexander character says there's miles of tax records and inventory and shit that we will never need. 
the best thing we can do yep. is to dynamite all this shit down here and never tell our kids about it and just start just start over. fresh is that the answer do you think or do we try to restart civilization the way that it was before yeah i mean what is what is the answer do you think would say let's just start over <laughs> like yeah for totally sure totally new like totally forget new. the old and start yeah, with the new i would i mean i would genuinely try for the best kind of socialism i can think of and let's all fucking try mm-hmm. let's see uh i agree with you we're on the same page with that and i think ultimately what this movie's about and i made a little note because i wanted to talk to you about this um even though with Night of the Living Dead, no characters survive, right? Okay. And in Dawn, two characters survive. Fran and Peter survive. Okay. And in this, you have three characters survive. So John, McDermott, and Sarah all survive. However, I feel like this movie ultimately is about the death of hope. And the zombies have become more human and the humans have become more animalistic. Yes. Like they're reversing. The we're, they're passing us in a way, right? Like they're the other that's come in and they're putting in the work and we're just like, no, this was ours. We deserve this, but we're not willing to put any work. We're not working together. We're not doing anything to earn it or mm-hmm. keep it. So the hope for humanity is dying. Yeah. And I I find it interesting that I would agree. This is not too far from the time when Romero starts to move and live in Canada. Oh, really? In his personal life? Mhm. Oh, that that's reflected, I guess, yeah. Like he you can see him kind of being like I lived through the 60s. I thought we had the shit's figured out. Right. I thought we were going to be a better society that was more geared towards helping everyone and we kind of worked on that in the 70s but in the 70s right you get dawn of the dead which is it's kind of like a family group right yeah they you know white the white dudes do some dumb shit but they're like a family like a small family that works together the day comes it's 1985 it's the middle of the reagan administration and suddenly they're fighting amongst each other there's no family in this it's factions and we are at each other's throats and we are killer be killed concerned about our petty squabbles to worry about the real danger yeah so that's why it's very reflective this movie very subtly reflective this movie is the one that has grown the most to my estimation of the last couple years it used to be like man night's really good i really like dawn day's okay but the more I watch it, I'm like, Day's up there, too. Like, Day is under-fucking-appreciated. It's a This is a really, really good movie. I'm excited has the best for of, the next one. Has the best gore effects of any of the films. I'm excited for the next one because... Isn't the next one that jumps ahead to, like, 2005? To that, like, early 2000? Like, yeah, 2004, 2005. Uh, and a lot happens between 1985 and 2005 in those 30 years. So I'm, I'm kind of, hmm, I'm curious about where that goes. Yep. Okay. Let me Maybe uh, say, throw some knowledge at me about this movie. Well, please. a couple things I wanted to just tell you trivia-wise about this movie. So we talked about what the extras got for working on Dawn. So the, the extras, the zombies in this, 
uh, each received a Day of the Dead hat, <laughs> a copy of the Dead Walk newspaper from the beginning that blows down the street, yeah. and a dollar. And that's it. Yeah. Now, the newspaper headlines in that newspaper that we see at the beginning, other than the Dead Walk, are Vice President Declares State of Emergency, Whereabouts of President Unknown, Food Supply Dwindles, and Man Bites Man. <laughs> Those are the, the... Man Bites Man. All of the newspaper headlines we see in that one newspaper. Okay. Uh, now, the original... <laughs> yeah. The original script for this, because it was supposed to be a longer, way more expensive movie, and we talked about it, I think, in the beginning, on the first half of this, a little bit more about that, but... And the original script involves scientists in an above-ground fortress protected by electric fences with the uh, military living safely underground, and it also involved a small army of trained zombies. That almost kind of sounds like, um, what was the movie that we watched? Do, 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 it's coming to me. Zombie movie. British. Nope. Not British. Has someone British in it? Never mind. Continue. It's oh, it's a it's a zombie movie, and they're at like yeah, it's British because they're at like a a big manor house. Twenty eight days later. That's it. Twenty eight days later. That's very twenty eight days later. Kinda. Yeah. Thanks for going with me on that journey. Uh, I took the long way around the mountain on that one. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so the underground sets were like I said were, were built in the Wampa Mine, which was in a. Uh, former limestone mine outside of Pittsburgh, PA. It still exists. You could still rent space to either office space or storage space there. Uh, the pig intestines were used for guts in this. So especially like with oh, Kevin Rhodes, they so use gross. actual pig intestines. Which gross. is why this movie, the effects in this one are the best of the three by far I so think. gross they're really they really went full and gross out for this one and i love it uh, most of the outside shots were florida especially the fort myers area which is where romero had been living at the time was until, around fort myers florida yeah until he eventually moved to canada yep um and romero originally planned for all of the zombies to perish in a massive lab explosion at the end and the one... So that would um, end it. There wouldn't be a sequel then, right? Well, it, I mean, everyone died at night. Oh, okay. Not every zombie on the planet. Every zombie in, in that, that facility. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Right? That would be a crazy... Like, the Earth would have to explode. Okay, but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, after the explosion happened, we would have seen one of the uh, crew members... Like, either a scientist or a military person who died in the fighting. Mm -hmm. And they would have not come back as a zombie after their death. Which would have given us the hope that there would be no more new zombies. Okay. So the tide would slowly start to turn the other way. Yeah. But instead he ended on the, the idea of, like, the three of them taking off and landing on an island. And being like, we're kind of going to try this over and just live our lives yeah. Because there's no hope for saving the old world. You that, gotta smash it and start. Yeah, which is how I feel. <laughs> I think more and more, that's how everyone feels. At least the the young, most of the young. Uh, let's talk about next week's episode. What you are we doing? To, you don't want to do Arkov? I guess we can. There's just nothing. Gosh, so same as the Arkov, 
uh, created an acronym based on his name for a good exploitation movie, A-Action. Yes, right away, always, right? Dude, this is pretty action-heavy. R, revolutionary. Is it? By this point, we've had a lot of zombie movies, a lot of different takes on them, living underground. I, what do you think? You, you know this time, this kind of what came first as far as if this is revolutionary or not. I don't think... If we're comparing them to the others, I don't think it's as revolutionary, but I think it's as important, the message is. I'm not saying it's not. Just I would say no. Yeah, not revolutionary. Uh, well, you know what? You know, what go let ahead. Me, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. Ba- oh, oh, oh. Let me backtrack on this. Hot take. So I will say that there are revolutionary parts of this movie. Like, Bub is a very revolutionary thing. He's the monster who learns to talk. He's the monster who kind of becomes the hero at the end, in a way. He's okay. the one who kills Rhodes. He's the one who gets to kill the bad guy, is the zombie. So that's a real turn and something we don't normally see in zombie movies. Normally they're, you know, shambling, lifeless. Yeah. But the idea of... Having a personality, being able to learn, I guess. And again, to go back to a theme, that could be a thing of the mindless masses and all it takes is one person to come to the realization. We'll talk more about that next week because okay. that's going to be a bigger theme on next week's show. But I would say there are aspects that are revolutionary in this movie, if not the entire movie. So I'll give it a half point instead of a full point. How's that sound? Okay. Uh, what was K? K is killing. killing. Oh, yeah. Tons. The whole like you end said, of this movie. It's your favorite. Uh, you know it's, that, it's pretty foul. The zombies rip Rhodes in half, and it's uh, cathartic as fuck. Oh. And as they're pulling him <laughs> apart, and he's screaming, choke on him, as they're eating his guts, that yeah. was ad-libbed by Joe Pilato. Like, he just said that shit on the Gross. day. It wasn't scripted, and I love it. Uh, oratory? Yes. What? Oh, what Ch- you just said, yeah. Choke on uh, fantasy and fornication. There's no real fornication. There's fantasy by the sheer nature of the fact that there are zombies. Right. It's so, not a I mean, good fantasy. I guess it does hit. Yeah, I mean, it does hit the. Um, I will say, on our way out from talking about this movie, mm-hmm. um, I think we both agree that we liked Night and Dawn more as movies. I am going to say something that is counter to um, a, what a lot of people think about this movie. Which okay. is, I really like the characters in this movie. Really? And I get why people don't, and I get why they're like, eh. But I feel like they're the most real of all of his characters. Um, I like Dwayne Jones a huh. lot in Night, but in Night, right? Yeah. Other than Dwayne Jones's character, I kind of don't care. I mean, <laughs> you don't care about a flyboy. Barbara is just every white woman okay, yeah, screaming yeah, yeah, and not yeah. helping. Uh, there's I forget I mean, the character's name, the dickhead white guy. Uh, what's his name? Okay. Um, but it's really Dwayne Jones is the one I care about. And we talked last week about Dawn of the Dead and how there's I really like two of the characters. Right. But that's about it. I really well. I, the only one I could find no fault in is Peter. I love Peter's character, but the other three at times I'm slightly annoyed by. Like Roger, I'm like, God damn, dude, like calm down. Fly boy, 
at time. Like, I love the setup and the premise of Dawn, but sometimes the characters are slightly They're a little annoying flat. to me. Okay. I feel like I think... Hot take. Are you ready? Hot take. I think Captain Rhodes is the best character Romero ever wrote in a zombie film. Really? Um, uh, okay. He is chewing that scenery up. Yeah. Yeah, he I'm is. I'm here for it 100%. <laughs> he is every dickhead, okay. bully, cop, soldier who got a little bit of power and yes. lords it over everyone. I don't know why that makes him a good guy, though. I'm but not okay. saying he's a good guy. I'm not saying he's good. He's a good, well-written character, is what you're saying? one of Romero's most interesting characters Ugh. in any zombie film. I don't like, like him. He, and you're not supposed to. I, well... I would say if you come out he's... of... If you come out of this month and you're like, my favorite character, <laughs> the one I would most want to spend time with... There's probably a problem. ...is Captain Rhodes. Then you're probably fucked up in the head okay but that's fair he's not one note for me like he's Hmm. trying so hard to hold his position and the world that he grew up in down and together that you can i understand why he is like he is even though i don't agree with it or support it in any way okay and that's where i feel like and, and of all of the characters, even in Land, he never had a better female character in any than this zombie one. film than Laurie Cardell plays as Sarah. Oh, that makes me hopeful for next week. Like, <laughs> I mean, can you think of another movie where a guy gets bitten by something and she just shoves him down and fucking cuts his hand off? Or his arm yeah, off? That's a good like point. His forearm? Yeah. Like, she she doesn't ask permission My for precious things. Buffy does that. But she's she's the go-between. Like, she's kind of respected by both sides. Like, yeah, she's they're very interesting dynamic characters, and while I like Knight and Dawn more, I think the characters are a little deeper. Okay, a little yeah. more well-rounded, a little more. And I get, I get what you're saying. Wouldn't agree with that. That worries and, me. Like I said about next week, though, <laughs> for sure. What are we watching? So next week is Land, Land of, the, of the, dead. the Dead. Okay, I always remember it by my head. I always think Land of Lakes of the Dead. It's hard. That's next week. Yep. Uh, that'll end, technically. He made, I think, two more zombie films after that, but we're not going to get into those. We're kind of going to... Oh, we run out of weeks? End on Land of the Dead, his magnum opus, if you will, his most expensive zombie film. Okay. Join us, won't you? All right. Until then... I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I liked this movie. <laughs> and I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> Bye.